0: Today is Thursday, March twenty fourth, 1994. My name is Vida, Sister Prince, and I am interviewing Charles Poyner on his life for the Oral History Project Race and Memory in St. Louis. This is my independent study supported by the Missouri Historical Society. Mr. Pointer, you were born in St. Louis? Yes. And your date of birth?
1: 7 16
0: um, you said you were born at Saint Mary's Hospital?
1: Well, old Saint Mary's All Hospital, the yeah, it was a hospital down there where we stayed at on um, Street well,
0: And your home at that time? You came back to
1: I stayed on Papain. Papan. Who, who made up your family? Well mother, father and sister, and myself.
0: Was she older?
1: No, my sister was younger was than that.
0: Um, You told me that your your parents had come from Mississippi. Right. Do you know when they came?
1: They came in about
0: 1916.
1: And did they ever tell you why they came? No, uh, really I didn't ask.
0: (laughs) Did they have ties to Mississippi? Did they go back? Did Was there
1: family there? We had family in Mississippi, but none of them went back. Eventually all of them came to St. Louis,
0: um, Did you have grandparents here?
1: Sure. That's mostly who raised me was my grandmother. I never knew my grandfather, see. He died before I was big enough to know anything about him.
0: So had they come before your parents?
1: No, my grandmother.
0: Uh, Tell me what you know. Did my grandmother
1: know? brought my mother Two sisters and brother to St. Louis in about 1960, and uh, we were staying on papa Street down there at the town. And uh, my father also come from Mississippi. A different part, but he came from Mississippi. Him and his brother came here a little early. I think they came in about 1910 or so. But You know, um we all stayed down on Papaya Street. Together. <laughs> right. Are in the same
0: house or just on the same house? In the same street? house. Same house. Mm-hmm. Um but your your father came separately than your mother.
1: Yes. And
0: they didn't know each other
1: and they No, met. I don't guess they did. I guess they met while they were Definitely. here. So.
0: Okay. Um what are your first memories of of living
1: in that house with everybody? Really, they're vague <laughs> and um, I don't really know because you, did you uh, we didn't stay there too long after mm-hmm. I was born mm-hmm. and I guess I must have been about three four years old before we moved out of there. Where
0: did
1: you move to? Moved to 18th Street right off of Cass. I don't know the number down there. I guess we stayed there till I was about seven or eight years old. And from there we moved to Dayton Street, 2903 Dayton Street. And I stayed there until 1954.
0: And it's still
1: on the north side? It's still on the north side, right. Um, What did your father do? father worked for. Uh, well, when I knew it, he was working for uh, General Motors over there on Natural Bridge. That's where he retired from, General Motors. Natural
0: Bridge and? uh, uh Union. Union. Um, what was his job?
1: I don't really know. What, how about your
0: mother?
1: Did she work? Yeah, she worked and they worked on so many jobs, you know, from years. She worked um, on that WPA, I guess it was. Mm-hmm they cleaned up the auditorium and different city buildings and things. This is what she did. Did she
0: ever do domestic work? Yes, you and
1: she did some domestic work in people's homes. So,
0: but your grandma raised
1: you? Yes. See, after, uh, see, I guess I was about 15, 16 years old, I got married again and I stayed with my grandma. To see. Me and my sister stayed with my grandma was that good for you? Mm, yes, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call
0: your grandmother? Mama. Mama. Um, and was that your mother's mother?
1: Or my mother's mother. mother. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: where where
1: did you go mostly to school? in the? Well, in grade school I went to Duval, Duval. which was right across the street from my home down Dayton, high school was Shannon. And you graduated, in, did you graduate in forty-five or
0: beginning? Forty-six. Forty-six. Um, did
1: you have to go in the service? Yes. In the Second World War? No. I missed the Second World War. I had a broken leg and I got drafted in 1949 went to the Korean
0: War. And that was after the troops were integrated?
1: No, that was before they were integrated.
0: They hadn't come through
1: yet? No, they weren't integrated until, let's see, what was that, in 50, it was 51 I think. I was in Korea then, when they started mixing the outfits.
0: Tell me, can you tell
1: me a little bit about that part of it? Well, I know we were in Korea, and I was in uh, all-black outfit, which was uh, we called it the Deuce Four, that Deuce Four is Deuce what four. we called it. But we, it was the Twenty-Fourth Infantry Regiment of the Twenty-Fifth Division, see? and that was all-black outfit, and I guess in '51. They started uh, integrating. They brought in Puerto Ricans and it was just a mixture of, uh, you know. And whites? Whites, yeah. Mm -hmm. How did that go? Well, I wouldn't pay too much money to it because we were in the lion company anyway, see. You were fighting? Yes. So
0: you just wanted a body next to you?
1: (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Yeah, we were in the lion company, see. Didn't pay too much attention to who the next fellow was, as long as you know he was an American soldier.
0: Were you in a line company when it was an all-black troop?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, what what were you doing between forty-six and?
1: In forty-nine, mm-hmm. I worked for the city. Recreation Department at Gamble Community Center, right there on Glasgow and uh, on Glasgow and Gamble. And what
0: what did you
1: do there? I was a recreation leader.
0: Recreation leader. Mm-hmm.
1: Um what were your duties? Well, to oversee the um uh, building and teach different kids how to play basketball mm-hmm. in the summer softball. Uh, yeah, I worked summers and uh, winters. Mm-hmm.
0: Could you tell me a little bit about the community center or the, you know, how they planned things and what the object was or the goal or what were, what were kids like in those days? Well, they
1: were much different than they are now. Mm-hmm. You didn't have all of this, shooting, and this type of thing at that time. In fact, uh, it was nice anyway, you know, because at that time we didn't have but, let's see, two community centers, and that was Tandy out in the and uh, Gamble. Later on we got Bashan Center, and later on Buddha won't come from here,
0: um were you involved in sports? Yes. in LaShawn. Uh-huh. What did you play?
1: Football and basketball.
0: And so how did your record go with uh, Sumner when you were in Vishon?
1: we were. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you ever go out to Sumner for anything besides, did you go out to to the Ville
1: for anything besides your sports? Yes, I had people stay in the Ville. See, I had a first cousin,
0: cousin.
1: and uh, we were close the same age, we used to be together all the time. I used to go out there quite often, see, because we played baseball at Tandy Park. I was on a place to play baseball at that time, and that was in the Ville.
0: That baseball team?
1: No, the, just a regular <laughs> just league baseball team, you know, uh-huh. kids.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Raised up by a policeman named Thomas Brooks and another one named Billingsley. Billingsley was from the ninth District. And time books was from the 10th district. And they had another one down in the uh, 4th district named Sharp. They were all juvenile officers, see. Uh-huh. And what they did, they organized teams from uh, different areas and played that time. And how,
0: how did they get you? In the
1: league? Well, that's, uh by playing with Gamble, see. Uh-huh. By playing with Gamble, uh, Seeing uh Thomas Brooks, he used to stay right up the street from me on Dayton there, see. So he practically raised me coming up, taught me how to play ball and this type of thing, you know. Were you good? A little bit. <laughs> Just too early. <laughs> <laughs> too early?
0: Too early. What do you
1: mean? It came too early, and maybe if I'd have been a little later, I'd have been all right, see. When I was too old. When it got so they go to major league. Yeah. Did
0: you have a special ball
1: player that you followed? Well, Brooks, Thomas Brooks, he, he was a ball player during his day. Oh, was and, he in the Negro
0: League? Mm-hmm.
1: Quincy Troop, Satchel Page. i seen them all because my grandfather used to carry me to see them
0: all. So. Uh-huh.
1: When uh. The old stars park was over there on Market Street, and that's where they played. And we used to go see them. And that was the name of
0: it: All Stars or Old Stars?
1: Uh, St. Louis All Stars. All Stars,
0: right? Okay.
1: There was a team. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you had teams like the Kansas uh, City Monarchs, the Birmingham Black Bands, Indianapolis Clowns. All of them came in and played there, but I loved one in. <laughs> I can sit up and watch them, you know. Mm-hmm. And
0: learn. Mm-hmm. What position did you play?
1: I played third base.
0: Um, <coughs> was there much difference between the uh, people that, that lived in the Ville and the people that lived in or down
1: downtown?
0: The, the or downtown?
1: Well, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, for a long time, downtown was just people barely making it. Some of the people was affluent people in the Ville. You know, you had doctors and nurses and teachers and all of the state mostly in the bills And you had another neighborhood, um, what do they call it, uh, But you had another neighborhood that was much better than the Ville, you know. Where Right off of uh, Euclid. Right in there at Euclid and um, Albert.
0: West Ends?
1: Yeah, West Ends. West End, I forget what they called it now. But anyway, over there they had big, nice homes and this type of thing over there.
0: Give me some of the streets.
1: Well let's see now you'd have, would be off of Euclid, and let me see if I can think of some of that street, all around Albert, you had Fountain over in there and okay. all those streets over there, so you had, and the, the, what was it, called, was it called, Euclid place? Or, yeah, I might think of a some Walton, all around that. This was a fluent neighborhood during that time, you know. Is
0: was this?
1: This was the 40s, 30s, and. 30s. The 40s and 40s and uh, 50s uh-huh. before I left here. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I've not heard that put in that way. Oh yeah, man. Those were large houses. Some of them were mansions, like, and uh, I can't think about what they it, be called, the Euclid place or something like that. They had gates things as you went up in there, you know, drove, drove to go up in there.
0: Did you used to go over
1: there? Well I had been there, I never had been in there, you know, just looking around, that's yeah. about all. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what did you and your friends do in those days? In Going
1: to school or you weren't playing ball or you weren't working,
0: what did you do
1: for... Well, we delivered papers. <laughs> for who? Delivered papers for the Post and the Globe and the Star. Mm-hmm. We delivered papers for them. One guy in the neighborhood had the routes and he would give us part of them, you know, and we delivered certain routes.
0: On foot? Yes. And you yes. had certain streets?
1: Mm-hmm. Now, no bicycle in, so. <laughs> um,
0: when did you find out, how did you find out that there were people whose skin was a different color than yours?
1: Oh, well, I had been doing that for a long time. <laughs> but, right, right, right. And paid no man, no.
0: Right, but.
1: Really, see to, to when i when we stayed on Dayton, we had a Jewish synagogue right at the end of the block up at Garrison and Dayton then the uh confectionery is where we used to call it. it was owned by people named Hyman and they stayed there too. they stayed in the village store, see. so those people in the uh, the Hammonds, Frank, Morris, and Abe, we used to play card ball all the time, see.
0: Play what?
1: Play card-ball. card, ball. Car- card ball all the time, and uh, I never did play no man.
0: Those were the children?
1: Mm-hmm. And the people were nice, real nice. Them you know, my grandmother got along just like they were kin people. So we never had no problems like that. Not back then. And I never run into it actually until I got in an the army. And then luckily I didn't go south when I went on. I went to Fort Custard, Michigan. <coughs> Once I was drafted I went to Fort Custard, Michigan. And from Fort Custard, Michigan I came to Fort Riley, Kansas. That's where I had basic in there. From there I came home on leave and left home and went to Seattle, Washington and shipped out to Japan. Yeah,
0: so you went right you on stayed the, on the low, I mean above the mm-hmm. southern state.
1: Yeah, I never was in the southern state.
0: Who were men like yourself that age who were going <laughs> away maybe for the first time being shipped
1: somewhere, not not choosing where you were going. Were, they really, were you concerned that you might go south? Well yeah, in the Army. You see, you had heard so much. My father and uncles had told me so much about what had happened down there, and I was kind of skeptical of going south. See. But actually, as old as I am now, I've never been south. As far south I've been, it's Memphis. <laughs> you know, we used to go down there to the dog races, other than that, I haven't been no farther south than there. I never visit my parents' home in Mississippi. I never visit my father's home in Mississippi. Never been there. I've got an uncle that's... <coughs> He of 87 now and my father died uh, about five years ago and they had property down there see mm-hmm. and all the property he went down there and sold it all. I thought that was not, I would never go down
0: there. Wait,
1: you don't want <laughs> to? No I don't have no.
0: Because of what you've heard?
1: Well yeah that would be what it I mean, that is better now. Yeah. And my wife have people down there. See? But I don't have no people down there. Well, I tell you the truth, I don't have no people no place no more. I had uh, a bunch of people in Chicago, Detroit, Toledo, Ohio, but well, most of them are all dead now. And there's nobody actually that's but this uncle I got, this eighty-seven years old uncle. It's uh, me, him, and my four sons. All, all the pawns is actually, you know, with the name pawn. Now they have kids, and let's see, one. So get about three pawns out of that.
0: So if your parents had come from someplace else, you might
1: have gone to visit their birthplace? Well, I sister. might have, but see, when my mother and them come in, there was nobody down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my father and them, they had a whole lot of land. And uh, it was one sister that stayed down there to keep keep the land up, but I never went down there. So one of my sons went down, two of them went down
0: there. I was just trying to get a feel for, were you not going down because there was nobody there, or were you not going down because what they told you
1: that— No, really, um, I just never thought about going down there. And my son's been down there. i got one son been down there a couple of times, and my oldest son's been down there, but other than that— But
0: you yet you were very glad that you weren't shipped south.
1: When I was in the Army? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was a troubled time during the Army life. You know, in uh, Oklahoma, they had a big thing in Oklahoma at that time, see.
0: You're talking Army bases? Army bases, What you know.
1: what, what were you afraid yeah. of? And well, actually I wasn't afraid of nothing.
0: What were you concerned about? Well
1: concerned about getting down there and getting in trouble. Getting in trouble. Because I found out later that uh, up in Cancer, when you went off the base it was the same thing, you know. You didn't get along with people up there. What was the same
0: thing? What would they do? What would happen? Well, what would you
1: go in a restaurant and you'd have to order stuff to take out, this type of thing. You couldn't sit down no place. You'd be in your Army uniform you still couldn't sit down no place to eat, something like that. Mr. Pointer, did it make you want to take your Army uniform off? I mean,
0: how did it make you feel? What did you want to do?
1: Well, it made you feel bad, but you couldn't take the Army uniform off. Actually, you didn't have nothing else to wear down there. And it wouldn't have made no difference if you were in civilian clothes. You'd have probably been treated worse.
0: Mm But I mean, did you feel like it's your country, but did you feel like fighting for it still, even
1: though? No, I never felt like fighting. And um, (coughs) I was um, (coughs) put into this. And once I got there, I was going to try to stay alive. So this is the way it was. but, But I mean, aside from not wanting to
0: fight not wanting to be involved in battle, because it's has a lot
1: of bad things about it. <laughs> but um, the fact that it's your country, but you weren't being treated. Well, that's part of I it. Mean,
0: at
1: that time, I didn't really think, you are know, I'm 19, 20 years old, you didn't care about no country at that time. In fact, uh, you knew about it, but everything was so different, you know. Other than, like I told you, the white people that stayed and went to the synagogues and all of that, I never had no problems with them. But, you know, we had a riot here in the 50s I, see, I, yeah, I had just got out of the army. like, really, at yeah, a swimming pool over at uh, Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds over there. Yeah, and it was mean times then, see. But other than that, we never, the people that stayed in our neighborhood stayed right there. They never moved. They
0: never what?
1: They never moved. And nobody never bothered them. The Hammonds, I mm-hmm. was telling them, nobody never bought them. They wouldn't come in there and think about buying them. So it was about like
0: it was, you know. Okay. Um, so you, you traveled around a little bit, you got a lot of different places. And how did you feel that St. Louis um, compared uh, with other cities? And well, uh, in the
1: of as far as comparing them, I never had a chance to compare them. because here in uh, St. Louis you didn't have no integration at that time, and I spent all of my time in a black neighborhood. Never knew uh, anything about integration or thought about it. I had somebody
0: yesterday tell me that, um, she just touched on it, and I'm going to go back and talk. Again,
1: but she said that Grand Avenue was, played a very important role in her life, and that when she walked past the Fox, she she cried because she couldn't go in there. Well, that's true. And then uh, and the only time you got in the Fox was like they had a class or something from grade school going there, or the firemen had something at the Fox on a Saturday, and they give you tickets or something going that in. But as far as going to the Fox to look at the movie, no.
0: What happened when it opened up and you could
1: do that? How did you do that? Did you go? Did you No. I think I've been in a Fox one time in my life.
0: But were there other things that, that you did you do it very gradually or did you
1: Well I know? went later on but uh see I'd go to the Cry the Roosevelt, the Regal, the Comic, the Douglas. We had to see that Comic and Douglas was on the west end. The Regal and Cry Ten was on the east end. Then you had the Star on the south side. You know, mm-hmm. enough shows to go to. And I was never big thing on going to shows. No way.
0: Well, are other places that you, restaurants or 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 whatever people did even going into certain parks that you might not have.
1: Well, to. really. Well, for us part, we spent a whole lot of time over there, and uh, I never went into uh, restaurants no more than Crowns until I was—I had been working for public service, see. see, because at the time they had a restaurant right on the property, mm-hmm. and we couldn't go in there and sit down and eat, you know. Well, let's get
0: to that. Mm-hmm
1: that's why you yeah, happen
0: to be sitting here with me, <laughs> <laughs> because, because, yeah, I see they had a
1: problem what a we're talking,
0: we're talking for people who want to, going to listen to this tape or when it's typed up, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to begin on your work, on your occupation, which was with the, uh,
1: public service, public company.
0: service company, and you, you went there in,
1: 53,
0: 53, and you No, then, when you started? Oh,
1: when I started, about 26. How
0: How'd you happen to decide to go to
1: work there? Well, I went through the uh, uh, urban league. See, at that time when I come home, I came home in 53, too, see. I got out of the Army, and I was going back to my old job, but the city didn't pay, but twice a
0: month. That
1: was at the recreation center? Mm Mm-hmm. Twice a month. See, and then my wife, she was getting ready to have a baby, so I said, well, I'm gonna try it. And I had a friend that had went over to public service and got a job, so he told me to go over there. Told me to go to Urban League first. I went to Urban League. They sent me over there and I was hired. Did you?
0: Was
1: it a woman who helped you at the Urban League? No. Oh, okay. What was his name? I can't even think of it again. Duggett. Um, Duggett. Uh, Do- Duggett, Do- Dugget, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's who was at the Urban League at the time. <coughs> so you went over
0: to the transit company? Right.
1: And? I got hired. Had to take a test.
0: You got hired as what?
1: Uh bus driver. When did they start allowing blacks to drive buses? To? Um, April, 53. And this was? The first blacks went out on the 15th of April, 1953. It was the first bus. I wasn't in the first bus. I came later, this evening. And you, you, you did. You drove with them 39 years, you told me. Right, more than 30, almost forty. Forty,
0: exactly. almost forty years. And you were president of the
1: vice president of the local seven eighty eight. Okay, now. We're transit Union.
0: Mr. Pointer, I want to know. I want you to start talking, and I want you, with my help, I want you to tell me all the details of what it was, what it was about. They started on April fifteenth, and you started.
1: I didn't start actually until September.
0: Third
1: of '53. Uh, okay. And did that tell me about the training.
0: Well, the training that we had. Uh, Was it integrated training?
1: Integrated training. Yeah, I
0: mean, were you all together, black and white bus drivers?
1: Well, most of the trainees were white. Mm-hmm. See, because at that time they didn't have too many uh, white people.
0: Too many
1: black people? Too many white people. Oh. When the blacks started coming in, they didn't have too many white people at that time. See, because the total force was white. Okay. You might have had one or Two whites in a class. And you know how many blacks? Mm, five, six in the class at that time, see. And some classes didn't have white at all, see. Now, it was a white in my class. One out of uh, seven of us, see. And uh, so at the time, wasn't too many white people putting in for the job. Well, it didn't pay that good, but the only thing you got your money every week,
0: instead of every two weeks,
1: instead of every two weeks or every three weeks or once a month, you know.
0: How how was uh, what was the pay
1: in the beginning? I made a dollar fifty cent an hour when I started. Dollar fifty cent. And when I left, we were making. 1365,
0: I think. Mean. And, and you left in 19. 19- in 93, January of
1: ninety-three. Um, Can you tell me about the beginnings? You mean the
0: beginning? The beginning
1: of the. Uh, well, you had about a six week training. After the six weeks, you had to take a test. You had to drive the bus and a written test and once you passed that what they call finals, you were bus driver. You went out on the streets by yourself. You know. And um, it was rough at first because I remember I was working on Delmore and you pulled to the stop there at Kingston at the loop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the white people would bag back, wouldn't get on the bus. And so I didn't know no different then, They just wouldn't get on the bus. And that gone, you know. So later on, they found out that uh, we could drive a bus just as good as anybody out there. And they start riding. But so mm-hmm. about the first five or six months, they would bag up, wouldn't get on you, boss. And working over here on lending Law, no, <laughs> we well, didn't work on Linden. So people would complain and say you were doing things, and it never
0: happened.
1: What would they say you were doing? Well, you passed them up, or you didn't, <coughs> get, you didn't wait on them, or something. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's always been a policy. You can pull up in the bus stop, stop and get anybody in the bus stop. You don't stop the bus out of the bus stop. Because if you did and somebody run in the back of the bus, that's your problem, see? So um, this is about the size of it. there. it was bad at first. And, and you know you were gonna have some people to get on there and call you different names and things time I guess I had mellowed by then I had just overlook it and keep going, you know. It make no difference. Later on it got better. But um, it's better it but it's almost the same now. (laughs) Tell you the truth. It's done different, you know. At least during that time people would just about tell you what they thought, you know. Mm-hmm. But now they had the feelings, see, and you don't know what's actually going on, you know. See, when I came there, uh, you had one man that ran the uh, whole operations, the bus operations, the streetcars. You know, one man ran that. Now they got, mm, you can't count the buses they got down there. And now it's by state. And that's by state now.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
1: I was on the public service that they had one man running it, you know.
0: Who was that, that ran
1: it? Ed Kramer was, was it. A K same? or a C? K. Was the man that was running it at the time and well he was up there at that time, you know, but he put a good old man. Was he his
0: policy about people like
1: his policy, he ran the company. Whatever he told the supervisor or superintendent or anybody else, that's what they did, you know. And uh, because we had problems at uh, De Bolivar. I was right there at De Bolivar and Delmore. You know, I told you, you couldn't go in them offices, you couldn't go in the restaurants there.
0: In the restaurants around
1: that That time? was on the company property. Oh. See, so you had like a loop there. You'd come around and the Goodfellow bus is what it was called in and it would stop right in front of uh, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But at that time you couldn't go in the, we couldn't go in the restaurant. So what we had to do was one of us would take our car and we'd go all the way down to Jefferson and Mark and and get something to eat, come back to work. Sometimes you didn't have a couple of hours split in the run, you know. That's crazy. Well, it was, you yeah, it was terrible. Just, I mean, how did the other people,
0: the other, the other
1: bus drivers, the white bus drivers, did they? Oh, well, I, I got into it. <laughs> I got into it, one guy. And, uh, but some of them were sympathetic and some of them just didn't want you wrong. You know, and you had some people that was real nice people, you know.
0: Did they go out of their way to do anything for you? Sure.
1: Sure. We had a president of the union at that time named Mel Green. He's the cause of that restaurant getting put off the property.
0: And
1: how did he go about that? Well, he went to the company, Kramer, and he went into the Big Wheels, you know. Told them that if we were going to work there, everybody would be served, and So they finally started doing them, but anyway, it was one of them danky restaurants anyway. They didn't seem to be too clean in there, and I didn't care too much for the food and stuff. So I never hardly bought anything out of there, maybe coffee. But otherwise, it was all
0: right. Is this stuff hard to talk about? Well, for me? Mm-hmm.
1: No. It's past. <laughs> but it, it,
0: <clears throat> it must have been hard to bear.
1: Well, it was. You know, you had to control yourself to a certain extent. But, you know, when you think back about it, it's funny, really. Wow, funny. Uh Funny now. Well, it's funny. funny. How could this happen? How could I have did this? How could I have did that? You know. Now,
0: how, how could you have
1: done what, like? And well, like somebody getting on the bus calling me name or something. Uh-huh. Now, you, why didn't I get up and punch him? Because? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Tell me why you
0: didn't.
1: But really, I didn't. I needed a job, for one right, thing. That's why you didn't. I needed a job. And I didn't, so. Because at that time they'd fire you in a hurry for They They'd fire you in a hurry for punching
0: people, mm-hmm.
1: see. But like on that restaurant, me and that guy got into it and um uh, How?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, um uh, that day I had just bought a brand new car. That was in fifty seven. Nineteen fifty seven. Me and another operator went down right on uh the Bolivar and uh the Bolivar, and what was the name of that deal? No, a Plymouth dealer was right like there. We went in there and we bought, well, we bought three new cars. I bought Persian. one. Persian, yes, sir. I bought one, Roscoe Daniels bought one, and James Troop bought one. So, anyway, it was on a Friday, and most of the days at that time, we were off on Thursday and Friday, you see. So, I had my car. And we came up and we stopped at the garage to pick up our checks, So I run my car right up alongside the wall where that old powerhouse is at now. it right up alongside the wall, got out, went inside and got my check. And <laughs> when I come out, some old guy had bagged into it, see. Pushed the whole door in it. But he wasn't bad. He told me, he said, well, look, see, I got insurance, let me turn my money in we take it up here and see about getting it taken care of. I said, okay, that's all right. And when we got back to the steps, there was a bunch of them on the steps. And another big old guy. White. Yeah, weighed about 340 pounds. And Walter Dominsky. Never forget his name. Walter Dominsky. Walter Diminski. And he kept saying, well, I wouldn't pay him nothing. He was parked wrong. Walter. I didn't say nothing to him at first, but he said, uh, I wouldn't pay him nothing, that nigga was part wrong, and I just turned that nigga around, was part wrong? Mm-hmm. It? and I turned around and exploded on him, that's all. Then the superintendent at that time,
0: with,
1: words or fists? with my fists, <laughs> I didn't have time to talk to him, I just turned around and hit him, and uh, the superintendent suspended me. He suspended me. He said I had cut him with something. I told him I didn't have nothing in my hand because all of this busted open in his face. See, I didn't have nothing. Mm-hmm. Then I had three or four of them come up and say, no, he hit him with his fist. And that was I've been suing then. and say, well, I'm suspending you. I told him I don't care, it's man. Mm-hmm. I told him I don't care. Suspend me and you better be careful because if you mess around because you're the cause of that restaurant over there like it is, you oh, know. Dear. That's what I told the uh, <laughs> superintendent, you know. So that's where this male green came in, you know. Wait
0: a minute, who said you're the cause of, you said that to
1: him or? I told the superintendent that he was the cause of the uh, restaurant being like it was, you know, oh. people couldn't go in there. He got mad at me so you spend it. And uh, Mayor Green come up there, he was a union officer at the time, and he told him, no, not going to do it, so he made a call on the telephone, and I had come on outside, see. You
0: meant, no, you're not going
1: to suspend you, is that what he meant? Yeah. Mel Green. Mm-hmm. So when I come outside, uh, here comes the superintendent, and tell him, well, uh, we're just going to forget about uh, what happened out here today. I said, no, I'm going to never, I'll never forget it, you know. And um, they said, well, let's just don't have no more trouble. I said, well, I didn't start the trouble problem in the first place. So tell people like Big Old Walt today and others just like him to just let people alone. They don't want to work here, let them quit told him, I wasn't worried about you firing me, no, I get a job. But there was another guy that was the boss at that time, named Jimmy Lloyd, see, his name was Jimmy Lloyd. Lloyd? Lloyd, yes. And uh, that's who Mel called, I found out later on, that was who Mel called, and Mel called, and Lloyd called that superintendent back and told him he better not suspend. So that ended, it. See. And since then, I never had no more trouble around there. Never had no more trouble. Then in, uh, let me see, I think it was the early 60s. Rucks ran for uh, shed captain. For what? Shed captain.
0: That's
1: what we call our head, union. Head captain? Shed. Oh, shed. Yeah, yeah. that's what we call our union reps. That was over the division. See, we called him Shed Captain. Rux ran for that, and he won that. And he served uh, a couple of times, two-year terms. He said, a couple of them. And uh, then he put it down, and I ran for Shade Captain, and I won the Shade and I did about four terms. She the five times the shed captain, Anything,
0: then, uh, What years, approximately, was this in the fifties now? In the sixties. 60s. Sixties? 60s mm-hmm. what, was, what was going on in the sixties? In when, the fifties? Well, what was going on when you were shed captain? I mean, what, what did that entail? And were things oh, it
1: entailed when people got into trouble. You had to represent them, you know, either with the superintendent or...
0: Like a lawyer.
1: Yes, that's all it was. This is a union rep, mm-hmm. represent them and get them out of it. And sometimes you did, sometimes you didn't, you know.
0: So, now this was a black and white
1: union? Yes. The union was black and white from the time I got in there. You yeah. see, most of it was white at the time, mm-hmm. because at the time you had about Twenty, three hundred bus drivers, streetcar operators, and uh, it couldn't have been no more than one hundred fifty or two hundred blacks on the whole property. See, See, that's why. uh, See, your blacks just start retiring last. I'll say seven. Last seven years? Last seven years. They just we just got enough time to retire. You know think? Now, like Rux and Rux left before he he had thirty about thirty-five years when he left, see. And another guy named Donald Young had over forty years because he had been working for the company. And he worked out of the shop see. And he got hired out of the shops to be a bus driver. uh, It came all right. I was able to raise a family of (coughs) five. And uh, they're all doing all right now. So (laughs) I don't even worry about it no more. Um, I want to go back to two things.
0: Um, One was that. I had a feeling
1: that you um, you had to kind of hold yourself back sometime from fighting. Yes, ex- especially me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hold myself back.
0: What does that feel like, to hold yourself back, what does that do to um, you?
1: Well, it just went all through me, but most of the time I'd walk away from it, the only time I didn't walk away from it was when I had it with that dementia. And I didn't think he had anything to do with the man bagging into my car. Well, those were his words. And I just hit him. So you must have felt, how did you feel after
0: that? Because good things came from
1: that. Mm, well, yeah, they never bothered me no more. Everybody let me alone, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: <coughs> because uh, I was going to ask you when you were on the bus, and you were driving, and people would say things, and you said you look back now and you thought, how could I have let them do that, but you needed your job. Mm, That's right. So, do you you feel badly that you didn't stand up? Did you think you you should have, or did you think that—
1: Well, in some cases I thought I should have, but I needed my job. I had my growing family at the time a wife, she was working but, you know, she didn't make what you call no money.
0: What
1: did she do? She worked at uh, Kmart. She was a manager at Kmart. But um, we just needed our jobs to raise our family. And I bought an old house there on uh, Goodfellow Ridge. I bought that house in 1954. And uh, we stayed there until I um, bought this house that I have now in Ferguson, twenty years ago. Uh, You
0: said the racism was different
1: now. Well, it is different now. You know.
0: Give me an example. So somebody doesn't
1: call you a a nigger, but what do they do? Mm, No, well. You can almost see it in people, you know. If you've been around a whole lot of people, you know whether you can get along with them or you can't get along with them. And when I can't get along with a person, I just let him alone. see. That's even some black persons, you yeah, know.
0: Yeah,
1: right. I don't mess with them. And um, but you take now, what they got down there managing um, Basti you just take a look at the management. Nobody's looked at that management real close, you know. You look at the management uh, real close, not that I would ever want one of those jobs, you know, but if you look at that management real close from the top all the way down to the bottom, you don't have nothing as far as blacks is concerned. Then.
0: It's
1: so white. Sure. The tops so. are. Top jobs, or well, the highest job you got, there is uh, you got a lobbyist that go to Jefferson City and Sterling Adams, and you come on down, and you might have a couple in um, um, over in the main shops as a foreman and but as managers, no, you don't have. Them. Then you come on down you got a bottle. Let's see, we got, let's see, St. Louis, the bottle Brentwood. You got one black superintendent, she's a lady. But starting with the executive director, The deputy directors, those are all white people, all the way down. And then yet still when they put up something, or like they want to run this vote, they're saying that uh, they don't discriminate. Well, uh, it's nobody that's black that's in power to say anything, you know. You don't have Now the union is just the opposite, see. Um. Well, the union, you got black officers now, see. They used to have all white officers. This is local
0: 788 transit?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. See, now you got black officers. You know. They make the uh, decision for the union. Are there any white bus
0: drivers anymore?
1: No, not too many. Most of them are more retired. We actually got more retired people than we have uh, people driving the buses out there almost. What
0: about Metrolink?
1: Metrolink?
0: Yeah.
1: Same thing, that's a part of Biostating. Uh-huh. Same people that run the bus service run Metrolink. See, now we did that contract before I left, before I retired. 93, did that contract in 92, but it's same way.
0: Okay, <clears throat> but you, I ask you about the, how people show it. You know who you can get along with, you sense that, but, but how do people, what are some of the things that people do now?
1: Well, you got some people that uh, won't even talk to you. Some of them might speak and then some of them won't speak, you know. And I know a whole lot of people didn't want to speak to me, but the only reason they were speaking to me was that I was the vice president of the union. Uh, and I didn't think too much of them either, so and I won't, you know, I hate to criticize a person, but it's just like that. Instead of a person coming out and just saying, now, if I don't like you, I'd be man enough to tell you, I don't like you, you know. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, you got people out there now nah, that won't tell you things like that. See.
0: They act like
1: they like you? Yeah, they are. Showing a whole lot of ways that they're trying to help you and other ways they cutting your throat. What
0: other ways would they be cutting your throat? I mean, what
1: are Well, uh, like you go to a hearing or something. You got a. Go to here and the man tell you, well, look, we're going to do this on this. We'll give him a two-day suspension or something like that. Then you go and they change that, you know. Somebody will change that. Maybe it comes from higher up. But uh, it's, I wouldn't say that it's actually as bad as it is that it was back then, but it's just as bad.
0: And it looks like it's better. Is it what looks you're better, that's it right. It looks better, but underneath that's there, right. like they the top people haven't changed. That's yeah.
1: right. They yeah. swear they have the best integration record mm-hmm. in the whole city. They don't have it. See, now if you want know, Annazer Bush and Monsanto, uh, uh, McDonald, all better than these people at that, that State but they keep this down because they need money now, see. They never, would the best they couldn't win nothing in no kind of election. If they put these taxes up for, you know, to vote on, to keep them running, they might not win that, cause in the city they wouldn't win. So you got a whole lot of people. Now, from the people riding the light rail from the county and this type of thing, it might be different, but uh, they could win nothing. That's why every year, every two years, they have to go to the state legislature and ask for a grant. And see, they get something like 33.5 million dollars from the county, and they get um, about 15 to 17 million from the cities. To go with the money that they run, uh, that runs through the box. That so they get
0: from people that, that rides that the ride buses and
1: metro. See, actually, they don't have no fund for metro. And uh, see, they even gave you a whole lot of stuff when they say, "Well, if we can't run metro, we won't run the buses." That's illegal. The money coming from the county, 33.5 million dollars, and the money from the city, it was all taxed for buses. Well, see, it looks like they're trying to blackmail somebody into you know, something, you know. We either running out of shelter money, I think they got 10 million dollars from the uh, From, uh, from the uh, government. They didn't get it from the government. I think they had going go in a way to get it because they had it for roads, taxes, and highways. It's a highway department. They had to give them, they gave it the ten million to Gateway and Gateway gave it to bassett That's supposed to run them through March. See, that's why they hustling, so to get money from the state legislature. But in Missouri, I don't think they'll ever get it, because the outstaters are not going to vote for St. to get no money, and they have to pay taxes on it. Mm-hmm. And, really, go
0: ahead,
1: sir. and really, you can't blame them. I don't blame a man if he stay in, say, out in St. Peter's someplace. Why would he pay to have a... Light wheel running from East St. Louis to the airport. It don't help him, though. And if you park your car out there, you have to pay if you have that debt for There's a
0: lot of things about it that don't make
1: sense. Yeah, a whole lot of people just don't look at it, you know. They don't look at it or pay it much, man. I don't know. I'm out of it. That's one reason why I got out of it. <laughs> you don't
0: have to think about it unless someone no, I don't have invite to, you over to talk about all this stuff. I don't
1: have to think about it. That's one reason why I got out of it, because I figured that light rail was going to be something. And it still might be something. <laughs> if they don't get the money, what they're going to do is cut bus service. And when they cut bus service, you're going to have a big layoff. I didn't want to be involved in no
0: layoffs. How can they cut bus service?
1: What this is how they do when they don't have enough money, see? They take so many runs off of one line and cut that line down. I remember a time when uh, you had a hundred and thirty, forty runs on Delmore. Now they running Delmore with hardly nothing. On. The more people have cars, I guess. Well, that's one reason, and then they, uh, they're not hauling that many people. Because I'm going home sometimes, I just watch the buses. If you're not on Kings Highway or Hampton over here, or either uh, Grand, the large Lines, you know, People don't ride the bus like they used to ride them buses used to when we were driving them buses Them buses used to stay chug packed. People would be standing all the way up in the door. But the people are just not riding on the bus. What what were the routes? Did
0: you ever drive on the south side?
1: Did you ever have? No, I never went to the South Side. Only thing I did I drove Hampton and uh, that went over the south side and I drove uh, Kings Highway. That's, those are the only ones on the south side I ever drove. I drove on Weston, Delmore. And before I went into the office I was on uh, Baden-Clayton, one that goes from Clayton to Baden City. Uh, it's about the size of it.
0: <clears throat> did
1: you like being a
0: best
1: driver? Oh, sure. I loved it. What did you love about it? Well, just the driving. Just the driving. And I could relax and, and later on in about, I'd say about after I got about 15, 16 years, I could relax because I could almost get a run that I liked, see? Mm-hmm. And it was easy then, you know.
0: How, how did it change? What,
1: what did it, what was the biggest change in when you started driving a bus to the end, whether it, you know, whether it had to do with people or, or, uh, just? Well, it changed because they'd cut service. Mm-hmm. They'd cut service. And the next thing, they would, uh, move you back. See, works according to seniority.